welcome to another episode of 5am theology chris we've been talking all year about how we love seeing the cohesiveness between the old testament and the new testament i had said that i've been making references next to my old testament passages of new testament cross references and what it does is it makes us see that the new testament and the new covenant was not something radically new but it was actually the fulfillment of the old testament and the old covenant and I think it adds so much to your reading of the Bible when you see that verses are not standalone, but they're all interconnected, especially between the Old Testament and New Testament, where we have people wanting to unhinge the Old Testament. <laughs> Andy Stanley. Yeah. Psalm 40, which we got to this week, is loaded with verses that have corresponding New Testament verses. My systematic theology Bible puts some of the verse references in the footnotes. And that makes sense since systematic theology is seeing the Bible as one cohesive theology. So that makes perfect sense. And I, I love that. I just love seeing how they're just interconnected. Well, it makes sense that it would be. Despite there being 40 some authors of scripture, there's one spirit that inspired them all. There's no way all of those different people writing over roughly 1,500 years could have written something so intentional and orderly and cohesive. For me, I always say this, that's one of the proofs that there is a God. Yes. Let's look at the beginning stances from Psalm 40 and their corresponding New Testament verse. Right off the bat, verse 1 of Psalm 40 starts with, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. When I read that, I immediately think of Paul's words in Philippians 4, verse 6, which say, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And similarly, Paul says in Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. The Holy Spirit inspired David to write and remember that we need to be patient as we wait on God. And I admit, I'm not one that likes to hear it, but God works on his own timetable, not mine. <laughs> I know. So true. Yeah. God reminds David that even though we might not see God acting immediately or see him doing anything, he does hear our prayers. He hears our anguishes. He hears our pleas. He hears everything. Yes, he does. And as Paul tells us, because of that, we can bring everything to God. Be patient, though, whatever we're going through, and rejoice in hope, knowing that we have been heard by our creator. I mean, what could be better than that? Verse 2 of Psalm 40 says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Obviously, David is talking about salvation here. And there are lots of verses that come to mind, but immediately Ephesians 2, 1 through 7 stand out to me. And they say, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, 
made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Being dead in our sin and having Satan as our master would definitely be the definitive pit of destruction and miry bog. Being raised up and seated in the heavenly places with Jesus would definitely make our steps secure and be the secure place to have our feet. It absolutely would. And I love how both David and Paul recognize who's doing the work. David acknowledges that it's God who does the drawing out of the pit. And David knew that he had no way to climb out himself. Paul too attributes that work to God. You were dead, following Satan, had no hope. And then the next verse, but God. That's right. But God is a very important part of that verse. Yes. I, I think it's easy for us to forget that God wrote the entire Bible. I think that's why people pull out one verse or twist their meanings to get scripture to say what they want it to say. And while God isn't always clear on secondary issues, and I'm sure he has a reason for that, he is always crystal clear on the essentials. Like here, Chris, there are so many additional scriptures we could quote both from the Old and New Testament, but just these two make it clear who's doing the saving. And if we move on to verse three of Psalm 40, it says, he put a new song in my mouth a song of praise to our God, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Well, the first half of that verse immediately makes me think of God making us a new creation. We don't have to sing our old song, I'm a slave to sin, Satan, and death anymore, because now we have a new song that says, because I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And there's even a New Testament verse that literally talks about a new song. There's two, both in Revelation. One is Revelation 14, 3, that talks about only those who belong to God knowing the new song. It says, and they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. And that means all the saved, all the elect. Yeah, right. And the last part of verse four of Psalm 40 said, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Well, I think that definitely points to that our witness matters. The New Testament is full of verses that command us to preach the gospel, to bring people to Christ, to make them see, make them fear, and make them put their trust in the Lord. And again, we don't do the saving, but we participate in it. The most obvious is Jesus's own instructions in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. But there's more. There's Romans 1.16, where Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Yeah, and we could go on through this whole song, but the point is something that we talked about in the first episode. Don't make your daily Bible reading something just to check off your list. I've had days that are crazy busy and I think I just need to get my daily reading done, but we shouldn't approach it that way. Approaching it like that does God and ourselves a real disservice. 
the first line in the intro in our book, The Bible Blueprint, is God wrote a book. And we forget that amazing truth sometimes. Yeah, I know I do. When we take the time to really read our Bible, to see the connections between the Old and New Testament, to see how Genesis is the foundation of it all, how the prophets constantly refer back to the law and look ahead to the Messiah who will fulfill everything, when we see that Jesus' teaching in the Gospels are not him giving us new directives, but explaining how the original directives were meant to be understood. When we see Paul, Peter, John, and other New Testament writers not receiving radical new revelation, even in the book of Revelation, but instead expounding and affirming on what God has already put forth, Chris, it really does blow your mind. It absolutely does. And it leaves absolutely no doubt that while God used many different men from different time periods, different backgrounds, different educations, different vocations, all very different men, that ultimately there has to be only one author because otherwise scripture would never be as intentional and orderly as it is. It's very cohesive. There's just no way that could happen any other way. And that's a good place to end today. Have a blessed morning, everyone.